0: let's go okay
1: uh Hold on. i lost my script to read the email fuck <laughs> okay
0: yeah i haven't downloaded mine either it's still just in my email I I, to... yeah <laughs> um, let's do it okay let's go okay uh, so this is i we haven't talked about a name i guess i guess we'll call it I was just thinking podcasting, we are podcasting in a room.
1: Sure, why not?
2: Okay. I can't guarantee I'll be in a room for the whole year, but yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Well, after we have to, we have to recite, like, we have to review this every...
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, okay. But I still, I thought you meant you weren't sure you were going to be in a room, like
2: you were going to lose your space or something. Are oh, you mean this space well i'm losing this space i'm out of this space soon okay i'm sorry go go off with your intro
0: <laughs> well that's it i'm rob and i'm here with brandon and jennifer c martin and uh i don't know uh how uh how would you guys how do you guys think would prefer to die and when
1: Well, when you had told me to think about death, I had terrible nightmares, um, and I never like have, I barely have even dreams, much less have nightmares.
0: Oh man, I'm jealous.
1: And I had nightmares that my sister and my youngest son were diagnosed with cancer. I woke up like crying and shit. Thanks, Rob.
0: This is, that's honestly because of me? You had?
1: No, I don't know why I am, but if I wanted to die, it's very cliche, (laughs) But I'd like to die when I was, like, old and just fall asleep. And, like, I don't care about it, you know? I'm such a, like... I guess I can say I'm a pussy, but, like... So, I'm I'm a pussy when it comes to death. It's the number one thing stopping me, you know? Because I've dealt with a lot of suicidal ideation and depression stuff. Just being a total bitch about death is probably the number one reason. Like, I haven't gone through with anything.
0: Same. You don't believe in, like, a... You know, uh, you're heavily Christian. You don't believe in. Are you not? Is it? Is does the afterlife scare you?
1: <laughs> I mean, there were. I was raised Pentecostal, so there's always like that zero point zero zero one percent like fear in your mind. Like, what if hell is like real and then I'm going to it? Definitely. Like, like, um, like you never like lose this inherent like childhood fear. It's almost like I don't know. Like, I don't like to say that. I've had a traumatic childhood because my childhood wasn't that traumatic compared to others. Like nothing super bad that you can think of has ever happened to me. But like belief in hell in and of itself is sort of like a traumatic experience for a child. Right. It's like, Oh, like you will behave. You will, you have to behave this way or you will literally burn alive for longer than your life for all time.
0: And you don't even have like a,
1: it's a, that's a crazy fucking thing to say to a kid.
0: Yeah, I mean before you even have Yeah, that's fucked up. A concept of time, like
1: Yeah, so it's a little bit scary. You worry about it. I don't know. I'm iffy on the afterlife. (laughs) I think I tend more towards more like a Jewish tradition of like here and now, like the point of Christianity. If there's an afterlife, we'll see. Hopefully I'll at least get purgatory, right? That's not even in Protestantism, so
0: I don't even understand purgatory. Like, is that supposed to are you in are you supposed to is there like an emotional state in purgatory or is it just supposed to be boring because it's the same
1: well for a while purgatory and limbo were different in the catholic church where limbo is like you're going to be here forever cuz you weren't baptized or whatever so like you know african babies go to limbo if they if they are not getting baptized like if they die young before whatever. And then eventually the Catholic church is like, no, there's no limbo. There's only purgatory, which I guess is like, if you need to redeem yourself from some sin, because you didn't talk to a priest before you die and absolve yourself of sin. So you have to like, I don't know how it came through in the Bible. Like, I'm not really sure about how a lot of Catholic traditions came about. Cause I'm not Catholic. But yeah, it's sort of just like, oh well, this person was really bad, but they were also, you know, a good Catholic or good Christian person, so they can come to heaven after a little while.
0: I don't even know I don't even know your religious background, uh Brandon, <laughs> and I've known you. What's up? I don't even know your religious background <laughs> and I think I've known you longer.
2: I don't know if we've ever talked about it honestly. Really? Um, I mean, my, if I was raised a Christian, just non-denominational, you know, uh, assimilationist Christian, um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was taught about hell very early on and it freaked me the fuck out. (laughs) Uh, Um, freaked me the fuck out for years, for years, because like (laughs) at a certain point I'd be like, yeah, a lot of Bible stories kind of, especially the ones that they tell kids start to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, start to not believe it so much. You know, the idea of getting swallowed up by a whale for a while and then being regurgitated back up. You know, I mean, like I understand now that they're they're really just, you know, they're really just like parables. But I wasn't taught that.
1: No, I wasn't either.
2: Yeah, like this really happened. Like you, you got to believe. Like if you don't believe this shit, like you're done like you're you're smoking forever
1: Yeah, I I had a relat. <laughs> My grandfather was literally like a professor at a Christian college of like science and the bible and he believed not even all i would say most christian professors don't even believe all this now but he did he believed that like all of genesis and all of the old testament was all literal and he would even have like these roundabout crazy ways of being like and this is how we know the flood happened and then like all this other shit it's really wild the circles that people can spin themselves into into believing it i think it's much nicer to hear and be like this is you know a parable and a story to learn from
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a co- huge cognitive disconnect if you're really trying to take it literally. Like, my mom would tell me things of, like, you know, she would tell me that, like, the creation of Eve and stuff. And so, like, that's, like, why to this day women have, like, one less rib than men. And, I'm like, I mean, I took...
0: Is that true?
2: I took her word for it. No, no. Do women have one less rib? No. <laughs>
1: It's not even... It's not true. It's not true.
2: <laughs> it's not true. They had never, like, no, women don't have an odd number of ribs. I can't wait to fucking repeat that. <laughs> 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 Just never
0: thought about it. Like, it's
2: never occurred
0: to me to check a partner's rib or anything.
2: Well, I... I, I Sorry. It never <laughs> occurred to me either. And then I did check it, and it was complete white. But the thing is, when my mom that, like... I think she was trying to get into nursing school. Aw. So she was, like, working at, like, I think she may have been in nursing school already, but she I know she was looking at, uh, like, cadavers and anatomical texts and stuff, and she was still telling me this shit. I don't, I still don't understand it now.
0: I just don't understand, like, how people can be, like, a literalist when the first two pages of the Bible contradict each other about the creation. About, like... Yeah. About, like, when men and women were created and how and just... I don't know. It's weird and...
1: It's because Christians don't, like, learn anything from, like, technically what it is. Christianity is supposed to be derived from Judaism, but yet they don't know, like, how, like, Jews read the Bible or the scriptures. They're, like, so they're just, like, oh, well, I guess this is all real. Like, let's just take this all at face value without even having studied it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think Jewish people believe it's all literal, so, like...
0: Well, I've never heard of a flat-earther Jewish person, so...
1: Yeah, no, it's not like that. It's just like like they understand that's parables for lessons or whatever, and they still have, you know, they still have conservative Jews. The conservative Jews still tend to just follow like the rules more than believe the stories are literal.
2: I think they I think they like respecting the scholarly approach to the religious text too. Like I think that a lot of the Christian population who are like biblical literalists I, I don't think that they really enjoy seeing the Bible in like a in a historical context at all. I think that they just want it to be divorced from, you know, time and space and just being like the Word of God,
1: yeah, not to mention like yeah, literal <laughs> hundreds of translations over thousands of years.
2: Which they get sort of upset if you bring that up. Like, you know, this isn't, God wasn't, if God was talking to you, you know, was being transcribed like it wasn't in English. And they sometimes, they get offended by that. But
0: Yeah, wasn't there a Bill Hicks joke, too, about like, what's to say on the front of the Bible? King James Bible.
1: That's his Bible! <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Bible, though. Of all the translations, I like that one. It's very uh, poetic. I've never actually been
0: able to get through it because I'm too dumb. Like, I can't read Shakespeare. I had to read the bowlerized, bow, bowlerized versions in high school, and I don't know. My brain just doesn't function that way.
2: I mean, I don't. I don't blame you. I studied Shakespeare in college, you know, um, like uh, as part of my major. And honestly, I, I don't. I don't get this whole thing of, like, Shakespeare. Reading Shakespeare having to be agony. Like it, like it's people see it Think of it as this kind of like highfalutin Type of thing that's a type Of benchmark that if you can't understand what the fuck He's saying then you're dumb but again It's like they were talking like that What is it the 17th century Yeah maybe I don't fucking remember anymore but like
1: I think it was 6 Yeah 16 And like I don't know it's easier If you say it out loud since it was supposed to be Performed right i found it easier when i had to study it but whatever people that's just like language changes if those people came into our fucking universe and like looked online and saw all the shit that we say they'd have no idea what we were saying either
0: yeah i mean every day going on twitter it takes like 15 minutes to figure out what people are saying what people are saying like what the words they're saying mean yeah yeah because there's just new references every fucking day
1: new references
2: you look
1: (laughs) new levels of irony sorry
2: you know like that website exists like rap genius oh yeah that has like translations to stuff that's coming out like today yeah Like, you know, and uh, Shakespeare, his, like, so much of his work has, like, double meanings and double entendres, and I doubt that a lot of, like, you know, the peasant classes that were standing in the Globe Theater with, like, kings or whatever, like, they might not have, they might have got every reference, the, like, the nobles may not have got all the references either.
1: They're there for the slapstick.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. That was the entire point, wasn't it? It was something... He was communicating to two different audiences on two different levels, and that was, like, part of the genius of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, thinking about rap genius, too, like, thinking about just how Christians still use Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah as, like, a religious song constantly.
1: A song about being (laughs) sad and fucking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, John Cale, uh, the story... I, I don't know if you guys have heard the story behind the the current iteration of Hallelujah, but apparently Under Cohen wrote like 150 verses of it and would just...
1: Oh my god.
2: Jesus.
0: Yeah, and he would just perform random verses live, and one time John Cale, her performance, and he was like, hey, I want to do a cover of that. Can you send me the lyrics? And then he would send him like 50 pages of lyrics, and he said he just took out the naughty bits, and um, then made them the song
1: that is a gratuitous amount of lyrics
0: yeah i mean i respect it i can't write any so
2: i wanna i wanna see a version of him doing it just in one take though
0: yeah it would be nice i uh i wonder if john Cale still has all the li- original lyrics that he faxed him because he's dead i mean leonard cohen's dead now so i don't know of any record of the other verses unless there's like recordings of live performances
2: from then um but yeah so what was the question how do i want to die
0: i don't remember uh yes
2: oh yeah how do you want to die oh man i don't even know anymore um i there used to be like for a long time the like my my thing was like that like there's no way i'm gonna like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to like sit in the hospital bed or like get old, older or whatever. Just the idea of that seems like um, it was, uh, it was horrifying to me. You know, to like, to like, well, to just like, uh, to like, just slowly lose a certain amount of control or agency, and that's what I thought it was. You know. Yeah. So, like, I always, like, I always just am, like, oh, when the opportune time comes, I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna just kill myself, like, you know, um, and, you know, I had, like, suicidal ideation. Yeah. And there was, like, depressive episodes like that, too, even divorced from that, there was, like, there was this conscious, like, thought of, like, that if I'm gonna go, then I'd like to do it, if you know, um, but now I don't know, I don't have a preference, I'm, like, I, I, think if anything i would just be i think the romanticism from like being like a sad 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 kid for so long i'm like the last remnant of it is like me wanting to be like if i'm going to die i'd like to be like uh, aware of it i think
1: oh i don't in what way i don't
2: yeah well i want to know
0: the like do you want to have like a gun pointed at your face like is that what you're talking about (laughs)
2: No, no, because that that means somebody else gets to do it. I don't really want that either, but I do, like... Uh, what about an animal? Well, like, I want to know what it feels like to be like, oh, this is my final moment, this is it. Hmm.
1: Oh, my God, I don't. I do want to know I don't. I don't want to know anything.
2: You don't get too many of those. <laughs> you don't get many opportunities to feel that, so
1: shut up.
0: <laughs> one thing i'm really curious about actually is like to lose like having dementia to like i want to know what it feels like but then also be able to live my life and reference it like
1: yeah my grandfather had alzheimer's like yeah like for a long long time and like
0: me too mine too
1: And then, like, he finally died, and, like, I don't know, his last, like, I remember, like, we didn't go and say bye to him, and, like, he hadn't really known who I was for, like, a year, and everyone was just hoping, like, there's a certain point when someone has Alzheimer's or dementia that you're like, God, I wish they would die, not because of how, not because you don't want them to die, but because it just seems like such a miserable life, you know?
0: Yeah, even just living at a home.
1: So I just waved at him, and he waved at me, and then, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just seeing my grandmother in a home recently. I mean, like when she was in the hospital, like a year or two ago, maybe two or three years now. Um, when I visited her at one point, she was just—I was just trying to talk to her, and I guess the way I lead conversations, and she just ended up saying, "Like, yeah, I'm like done. I don't. I wish they would just stop reviving me. Like,
2: right excuse me Jesus (laughs) I'm
0: just bored like basically but um yeah I don't know the whole thing of having dementia is so interesting to me because of how long they can just be like clueless or they can be really cheery like my grandfather was like how he would always just repeat uh where's my martini how's my how about a Manhattan um and uh just other weird catchphrases or like other people that like get really angry fuck and, like, scared to some extent. I don't know.
1: There's something weird and morbid because, like, I was living with my grandfather when he was, like, in mild to more... Maybe more, like, moderate Alzheimer's. Um, Like, I just lived with him for a month or two. We had sold our house in Tennessee and we were about to move to Virginia. And so this would have been, like... 2015 and he was starting to lose some of his like more day to day stuff but he had the sudden resurgence of like childhood memories and like adolescent adolescent memories he started talking about like this old girlfriend he'd had he, I, he started singing songs that we never heard him sing before it was really really interesting
0: that's one thing i really wish we could get to is like i remember hearing and reading about when i was little about how in the future we're going to have pills where you can just experience someone else's
2: consciousness Jesus, that sounds awful. I don't want that.
0: I'm really curious. Like, that's just all I wonder all the time. Is just what, what it's like? Because I just wonder, like, how much of our thoughts, of our memories, define our consciousness. Like, how much of a consciousness is like, how much of conscious just consciousness is just memory, <laughs> and then just without that, what consciousness is like. But I guess if if you come out of it like what would you remember? I don't know.
1: I would take a pill of your consciousness. Mine? Yeah.
2: How do you like how yeah you, know, you customize the pills you get to pick like whose consciousness, or is it just like a grab bag at random? I don't want that
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's like around the same time I remember hearing about this around the same time I heard about HD TV for the first time years before it came out, which was like Oh, yeah, in the future, we're going to have TVs that are really high definition.
2: Yeah, those are those are comparable technologies, yeah. You get to see The Simpsons a little more clearly, <laughs> and you get to fucking ghost in the shell somebody.
0: You never wonder that, just like what it's like to be in somebody else's head? Kind of. I want to know what's inside them, Yeah. <laughs>
1: my head is stressful you guys i have like multiple multiple streams of thoughts at once and like none of them are are like smarter intellectual it's always like three seven different things to be anxious about at once and then like whatever task i'm whatever i'm doing at the moment and then just like this general i don't know and then like this horrible like layer of just existential things and maybe and then like maybe if i'm horny or hungry or something more primal than that too
2: how do you just like I also wouldn't want to wish my consciousness on anybody either, that that doesn't sound like a good time. I don't know why you would like, I never, I don't envy somebody else's consciousness necessarily. When I, when I say I wonder a lot of the time, it's just like, how, 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 how are they able to function? Like, they're so stupid, like, they're so stupid. Like, how are they able to think that way? It makes no sense to me.
1: I always assume chill people have like really fun circumstances you know or maybe like I'm like maybe they're rich or privileged in another way and so that's why they're not worried about stuff all the time
0: maybe but like
1: but that's not true I know it's not
0: oh uh yeah I mean yeah I mean but also isn't like isn't art in general and like writing and stuff isn't that wait am I in the right place <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. okay <laughs> um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In general, like writing and stuff, isn't that communication a way of giving people a glimpse into your consciousness, even though?
2: I think that's what it is. Like I think the that's what I, I that's what I consider to be like the most like potent thing about art is like it's is it's communicated aspects, like you know, like you get to you get to kind of see how um somebody distills their own environment and their surroundings. I was at um actually when i was still before i ever actually moved to indiana oh right which i don't even want to get out but i but before i even moved there i uh, like my last big like hurrah was to go to the WACMA and take a bunch of acid and go to the lacma and like and the whole time i i saw these like these paintings as like um like little like windows into somebody else's person like consciousness or perspective like you know what they, you know, like what they chose to emphasize and how they saw things, you know, everything is kind of similar in that they're landscapes and stuff. But like some people accentuate like the shadows mean more to them or the highlights mean more to them.
0: It actually reminds me. I've never done acid or shrooms or any hallucinogenics, but I've read about them a lot because that culture has a lot of facets that interest me. And like, isn't that sort of what um, like Ken Kesey and Charles Manson and stuff were attempting to do with acid? A lot of times was just like to have a collective consciousness with everyone sort of
2: experiencing the same brain. So, shudder. I got into acid because of the butthole surfers. The, the the idea of yeah the collective consciousness and like trying to uncover things that are only acceptable to you like under certain like that hippy dippy blah like spooky kind of escaped my radar. I don't I don't really know. I'm not sure what that is. I think there are a lot of people who who think that. Oftentimes I, I don't enjoy getting high with those people, but um, but yeah. There might be some truth to it because I think uh, one of—I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Fisher, the Marxist theorist. I'm not sure. He wrote capitalist realism. Okay. But before before he killed himself, I think the last work that he was working on was like you know potentially utilizing like psychedelics or you know having that as a potential avenue to some to sort of expand um your imagination. Oh, uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because his his notion that he came out in capitalist realism was that like a society, a post-capitalist society, is incredibly difficult for for people to imagine right now. It's so entrenched in the way that we think and everything that's around us. It is very difficult for us to really imagine how a society that is like like a post-revolutionary society would exist. A non-transactional
0: society.
1: God. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like one, one not based on, not entirely based on like commodity production or that has a profit incentive, you know. I mean, just like, just basic day to day things. And I think about it too, like, you know, what is like so much of like the music that I listen to, like, you know, that have, they have like, it's inescapable from like the environment that it comes from. Right. And so it's inescapable, in effect, like, from the economic system that the environment employs. So it's, like, a weird thing to just, like, think about, like, because, like, I think about, like, um, you know, music and, um, you know, like, pre-colonial societies, like, you know, pre-colonial, like, like um, periods. Like, a lot of indigenous music, a lot of it is very communal. A lot of it, it's very, like, religious or spiritual. Um, it's meant for the collective
0: it's mostly are you talking about the mostly like rhythm based sort of stuff too? Yeah, like more improvised and
2: yeah. Like Indonesian Camelon or um you know like a lot of like I don't I don't know. But um like I don't think they had like individual pop artists, you know. Right. Their 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 society wasn't atomized to the point where you had individuals like making like, you know, the glow part two in their bedroom or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you have that now because that's how, you know, we are more individually minded than we are collectively minded.
0: Yeah, so what about, like, instruments? So were they, did they have, like, find their, did they have to find their, like, find their voice in a specific instrument or anything? The way we tend to think about it, like somebody's specific guitar tone and everything?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know the the like the history of it or the like the linear workings of like like two those dynamics were reached. not even entirely sure. Like I mean, we're talking about like several different cultures right. like over like over like you know millennia, but I don't know. I'm sure they had like different varying relationships to even like the instruments that they played if they own them or if they were multifaceted i don't know
0: Hmm, yeah i don't know um i don't know how to segue out of that
1: well yeah i always think about you know how it's like like how people communicate or express differently but i as a writer i'm always worried about how people are interpreting the things that i say right um what was this in in the waking life no matter how much of like On a wavelength or how linguistically Culturally similar you are to someone You still really cannot help how they take What you say You never know if they You take it the way that you intended it It's like words are just like symbols For an intent you're trying to express And it's really hard sometimes To express an idea or an emotion with somebody no matter how similar it is And no matter how well you communicate it
2: Can I ask what kind of stuff do you write Like what genre
1: Bullshit mostly like I just made myself sound really cool. I mostly write quizzes and slideshows, but um, I also have a blog um, the Dirtbag Christian and then I'll be writing some fiction for Only Magazine soon. And like I used to write a lot more like newsy media pieces but they don't do as much freelance work anymore. Like I have a full-time job I like, so I have a pretty full plate anyway. But yeah, I can write lots of different things, and so I. But because I write so many different types of things, I always am thinking like I'm writing for this kind of audience. I'm writing this kind of subject. I want this kind of person. So I'm always like switching gears, you know. The baby boomers who I write quizzes and slideshows for don't want to hear like about politics and religion at all. Versus like my blog, you know, that's all it is. Then fiction, you know, you want to do it, but not so heavy-handed. And I don't know who's going. (laughs) <laughs> to read that <laughs> um <laughs> you got this <me> distracted sorry <laughs> but you always adapting yourself really or maybe that's just me I'm adapting myself to write or communicate with different type of person so I try to be very like in tune with how I connect with with them or the type of person I think would want to read or hear whatever it is I have to say
2: So would you say the audience has a fundamental role in, like, in how, I guess, the finished product of your work?
1: Absolutely. I would say it's, like, I mean, to a point, you know, there's some selfishness things. Like, I write about things, especially in the personal blog, of my personal life. I write about things that are important to me. But, like, I guess I've just been a commercial writer for long enough that I know that, one, like, people have to read it. But even if it's not about, like, I don't even care who reads that. you still want it to connect with somebody. So I definitely I definitely constantly consider my audience and what people will think and what they will feel when they read something I write. And so I try. I adapt a little bit to them and it. I think it changes how I communicate as well. Thinking of the audience definitely has changed in my writing style.
0: Do you worry about how it will connect with them? like if there's a wrong way for them to connect connect with it?
1: I mean, like, yeah, I run into shit all the time. And, you know, I try to take it. I try not to take it personally. Like, for instance, you know, it's like little things. I copy pasted some, like, term in one of my blogs. I use the word latinx. And I and not even knowing if I'm saying it. And somebody was like.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's a really condescending term and people really need to stop using it. And like, I hadn't heard that before, but I thought, you know, like whatever I was trying to communicate, the person totally dismissed because I used that one word. And, you know, you have to think about stuff like that. But I don't really I don't think about, you know, people get some people are really touchy about political correctness. But for me, I find it more interesting. Like I'm not trying to to make people write off something that I think and say some and say because I use a word that's offensive. Like it defeats the purpose of writing in the first place. So like I try to be somewhat non offensive or at least non offensive to the right people, the right audience. Right. Like obviously the stuff that I write is offensive to some people, but I don't care about these those people, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I guess that's all political correctness is, really, is just, like, trying not to piss off the right people, but then the wrong people always get pissed off and they want you to change, but it's like, we're not, we don't care
1: about you. Yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we've been talking for half an hour. Do you guys have anything else you'd want to add, or?
2: I have no idea. I don't know what I can say that, like, I'm comfortable being preserved (laughs) and having to, like, recite again over the course of a year.
0: I mean, everything's preserved now. Almost, I can't. I almost never talk to people in a way that isn't preserved
1: uh, anymore. Do you think? Oh, sorry.
2: That... <laughs> Do you think the feds are listening?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: <laughs> shit!
0: <laughs> I'm getting really bad at this.
2: <laughs> well, that, but also
0: just like talking on the phone, talking over text, talking over email. Uh. Yeah. Yeah just everything is like
1: do you think that historians will sift through like twitter and emails and shit in the future there's so much content what will they do
0: i mean i think there will be like metadata they can uh sort what they're looking for because i i mean yeah like is it going... i think a lot of history is like based on indig- individual narratives like I was just hearing about this guy who owns slaves, just some random guy, but they found his journal and it's illuminating just to get this one guy's perspective that he wasn't thinking anyone was going to see. I think, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's weird to think about what the ever expanding future with more and more people and more and more stuff being archived, what will be deemed important. Yeah. (laughs) But <laughs> I think, yeah, there will be themes ultimately that are sought, that are dissected, and then whatever is available of individual people. I mean, we already do with blogs, like people searching through old blogs for things. I mean, uh, we make memes out of, like, the bodybuilding forum posts and stuff like
1: Yeah, my kids occasionally make references to, like, memes or things that I know that they've never experienced before. But because it's in a meme format and they like their cause, I don't let them have too much media access. But they can watch, like, gamer, PG, gamer, YouTube, and things. And they'll see the gamer guy reference those things. And so they'll start referencing it. Like, what did they reference the other day? Something from Homestar Runner? And I'm like, you have never watched Homestar Runner.
0: But it's not even just that. Because, like, a meme can just be a post somebody made. It can just be something yeah (laughs) it could just be a face you made in public that someone happened to capture it on camera like um yeah i mean i think what we're seeing already is the future of history basically
2: i mean it's fascinating (laughs) like it's like you know it's it it's like the logical conclusion to like the whole pop art thing you know or like uh postmoderny like the idea of postmodern art is like the abolishing the distinction between like highbrow and lowbrow to where like everything just becomes like kind of like homogenized as this weird sort of mismatched culture <clears throat> yeah
1: i kind of like
2: it yeah <laughs> I I I think I think it's fascinating. I don't know where else it can go, which I I I also I mean I tie it into like um you know political like you know just like the political state and how like this type you know like this kind of postmodern kind of like culture is like like capitalist culture. You know, it's like yeah. It's the disruption and the rejection of all things sacred and I'm like and just turned into commodities. Just like, you know, you can't, like, you know, um, I mean, you can buy pretty much anything now. Like, there's no, like, you can buy, like, you can buy, like, uh, you can buy, like, Joe Crucifixes and shit. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean. There's nothing, like, there's nothing more, like, mm, there's nothing, (laughs) like, sanctified or anything anymore. You can see
0: anybody naked now, like, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Anybody you can think of. You don't ever, even ever have to be naked. like.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, like, the next thing that comes is basically just a great consolidation. Like, you can't unring a bell, like, all these forms of communication, all these forms, all these des- disparate, disparate micro-content things. Like, I mean... I always think it's interesting, like, how TikTok and stuff, like, and Vine, like, you have, like, these moments that before would be in a movie, like, a lot of memes are basically just, like, a TikTok or a Vine taken from a movie or a TV show, and I think we're going to keep seeing everything break apart more like that, and then eventually just is going to be much... Be so much that we're going to see like the great consolidation again of media of all these things still existing, but there's going to be more focus on long form and
2: larger format again at some point. That sounds crazy exhausting, yeah. When you talk about like a full length, like a feature film of a TikTok,
0: I mean, it's already sort of exists. Uh, you go on YouTube, my roommate's kid, he showed he just put on a video of memes the other day. Like it was just this guy seemingly just has like, um, I guess he just sets up like he coded something to pick off stuff off Reddit or Emma Mimger or whatever. And then he has a robot voice read it, which is like, which is what makes me think it's all automated. Mm -hmm. That is just like this program pulls all these memes, reads what it says, and then reads it out loud from a synthetic voice. And then it just plays all of them for 10 minutes or whatever Hmm. and i think we're going to keep seeing more of that eventually we're just going to we're going to be so much more focused on curated on curation again
1: Uh, well
2: well i feel i feel like that's symptomatic of like a society becoming more and more depressed it's like from my from my perspective I feel like this, like, incessant need to have noise, you know, or, like, just, just total simulation, like, you know, like, sensory stimulation comes from the fact that, like, you know, being alive right now is kind of unbearable for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about what things are like in the future, but all my leftist spaces, like, the real cynical ones are like, there's not going to be an America, there's not going to be a future. (laughs) Like...
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I think that's like, a, well, I don't think there's going to be an America. Well, I don't want there to be an America. That's neither.
1: Yeah, neither do I.
2: But that's not that simple. I feel very, I don't feel very hopeful about that.
1: That's probably a net positive, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess we're, what this comes down to is we're sort of, we've sort of reached the cultural singularity where just everything is always happening and everything is fleeting.
2: We're all like, did you ever hear the story of, like, Rocky Erickson? Like, the only way he could get to sleep was by having, like, nine TVs on at the same time on different channels. Oh, really?
1: Oh, my fucking God. Well, he was schizophrenic, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he was. Wow. At that point, that was that was strange. That was not normal behavior. I think we've all kind of were becoming Rocky Erickson. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you know.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a thing for however long now. Like, we watch, like, I mean, so many shows are based around the fact that we're not going to be watching them. We're just, you're going to be reading, looking at your phone, and watching videos on your phone while you're watching TV,
2: probably.
1: Yeah.
0: And the person next to you is watching other videos.
2: There are, like, 10-hour videos on YouTube. There are, like, whole swaths of YouTube that, like, don't expect you. They expect you to fall asleep to this. Like, to this 10-hour. Yeah. Like, 10-hour thing. Like, that's the whole purpose. They don't expect you to watch the whole video. It's not an artistic statement. And there's just.
1: It's just there.
2: It's just drone for you. It's just background. Yeah. For your...
1: I bet Ray Bradbury is glad he's dead for all this.
0: And Andy Warhol. Yeah. Or or maybe Andy Warhol would be excited. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: How I don't know. I also think I never really thought about it actually, about how production values simultaneously keep getting worse and better at the same time.
1: Do you remember that video of all the people that lived in the TikTok ha- house? It was, like, I think it was in, like, November, maybe October, November. I don't even remember when it was. Like, last year of...
0: The Eternal Now.
1: Yeah, so, like, there's this video of all these extremely attractive fit people showing how they do every day. And they're like, this is the filming room, and this is the workout room. And it was just, like, it was just like just in like some la house and like all these people must have been like 25 or under they were all extremely attractive they were all tiktok influencer types and they all lived in the same house
0: and they were all filming in all rooms all the time right
1: yes yes
0: it wasn't just like this is the exercise room where you get a break from this like no you were always content
1: yeah what a weird way to live
2: that's horrifying
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean we were expecting this forever i guess i mean between andy warhol the truman show ed tv uh yeah that woman in the 90s or i remember my dad reading an article to me in the 90s about a woman that was just gonna leave her webcam on all the time and you could just check in and see what she's up to
1: oh yeah that girl and they like yeah and she ended it i think she ended up having sex with her friend's boyfriend or something oh really and it was on camera
2: damn
1: (laughs) so oh
0: yeah fuck why would i was saying why would she do that i guess but i mean like
1: yeah this is before anyone even ever thought about it like maybe it was a radical statement like i'm going to do this thing knowing the consequences that might happen
2: yeah yeah, it's crazy. But like banality used to be such like a radical statement in like in art, you know, to just like to do normal shit like um yeah, I forget who that artist was. She was like a mixed media artist um like her her museum installation piece was just like a uh, like her messy bed, like a replication of her messy bed. Yeah. And it was like it 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 made like huge waves and now like that's all content is now. Like it's just it's just real life sometimes with a filter on it, sometimes not. But
1: Yeah.
0: We all have to stick out like I remember a girl no kid keep it when I was in Indiana. She had a video that she recorded on her <laughs> recorded of her going to bed and going to sleep, and that was her profile. She just had a link of a video of a live feed she had done like back when you could do that with Google Hangouts. <laughs> through YouTube and it was just like six hours and I just skipped through it and it was like yeah there she is sleeping.
1: That's fucking wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I guess that's it. We're a, a, that's about forty minutes.
1: I mean yeah, I don't know. I uh uh I, I live a pretty online life so I get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all chauvinists and voyeurs in our own way. Yeah. This whole thing is part of it, yeah. Yeah. Alright, well, to cut down on torture in the future, I think I'll cut this off now. Yes. Sounds good. Alright. Okay. So long. Alright, later.
1: (laughs) Rob, can I ask you a question? You can cut it out here.
0: Okay.